Okay, women in leadership. Yeah, uh-uh. yeah, 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 yeah. My name is Jazzy. I am fly. And it's really hot in here, but it's all right. My name is Kaya. Yeah. I like to snap. Uh huh. And when I clap, oh, the boys clap back in a good way, not a bad way. Oh, true. Yeah, clap back is also bad. Yeah, it's also bad. Too. Um. So. I'm Kaya. And I'm Yasmin. And, and this, this is the, the Mixed, Mixed Feelings, Feelings Podcast. Yo, 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 everybody! Welcome! Welcome back to the Mixed Feelings Podcast. It's episode four. And today we're talking about feminism. feminism. That was great. It was good. We harmonized. Honestly, we should probably get into the rap game. No? Okay. We're already in the rap game. Facts. Kaya, are you a feminist? Well, see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I wouldn't necessarily call myself a feminist. But, I mean, like, I think I'm more of a feminist than a lot of people that say they're a feminist. Yeah, I'm not a feminist. Yeah. I don't, I don't root for the feminism game. I don't see myself up in it, you know? Like, when people talk about women's issues, a lot of times I'm like, can we not? Uh, yeah, you weren't ready for that. No, I, I really wasn't. This is how I feel, because I don't even know, to be honest. I really don't know why I feel so disconnected from the feminist movement. I don't like the narrative, unless we're specifically talking about black, indigenous, Latina women. Like, that is my jam. We can even talk about trans women. I'm not an expert on transness, and it's something that I really need to, like, work through and learn about. Just, like the gender spectrum in general. I don't know what's going on. So I exclude myself sometimes. I also could see maybe you feel not a part of that community because women of color have been excluded from the feminist movement forever. So true. Forever. Literally, like, that might be it. It might just be, like, that historical fact. I think at like an early point in my college career, I felt like I was a feminist and I self-identified as a feminist. But just within the past like year, two years, having conversations with feminists has become a chore. It has become a nuisance and I'm just really not with it. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Uh, Were they white women? Mostly. Not always, but mostly, yeah. I think another thing, too, is, like, women's issues in the United States and the West in general are so much different than women's problems elsewhere in the globe, and I'm much more down to root for those women. The thing is, though, is if we're not going to keep pushing the boundaries, if we're going to have to wait to catch everybody up, then then we're just going to stop where we are now. Like, we have to keep pushing... If if in the United States something that is on our minds and is making women struggle 
is the pay gap, then that's something the United States needs to focus on. In Saudi Arabia, they need to focus on getting their women's rights up. But if we're just all going to wait around for women to stop being mutilated, I'm not saying that that work doesn't need to be done, but we have to keep going. That's true. That is true. But I don't know. There's still something that just rubs me the wrong way when we talk about feminism. Guy, do you think that you could be a stay-at-home mom? Sometimes I think about it, and it doesn't seem that bad. You don't think you get bored? Well, I see myself volunteering, starting a garden co-op. Like, we're all trying to get for, like, telling women that, no, you don't have to become a mom to be fulfilled. But then I feel like we're also kind of shaming those people that actually want to be moms. If anyone can change the world, I think it could be mothers. Can I talk about, like, conversations that I have with a lot of women about, like, science? Yes. Maybe not a lot of women. Enough Mm. women. Nervous. Why are you nervous? I don't know. Mm, Because there's not a lot of women in science, and so I... You're assuming that I was talking to someone who was not in the science field? Yes. Oh, you're absolutely correct. (laughs) They were nowhere near that shit. But I want to hear it. Go ahead. Um... They just have a more holistic understanding of, like, truth, right? Because I feel like when I talk to guys about science who are in the scientific field, Mm -hmm. they claim that science is the truth. Although, yeah, science, like, makes some pretty good claims, right? There are times in scientific history where they've been wrong about things, and then they correct themselves because that's what science is about. It's about always getting closer and closer to the truth through trial and error and then replicability, all of that. But at the end of the day... Like, you're never going to get all the way there. So when I talk to women about science, they're like, oh, yeah, I think that, you know, you should encompass a more holistic approach to these things and think about the way that emotions play into this Mm -hmm. and the way that, like, people's spirits feel, you know, like, if they're into spirituality or whatever. Like, just thinking about truth as something that is personal and, like, a perspective. There is no truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because... Uh, a lot of the things that women experience is excluded from science. It's excluded from many narratives. Uh, And I think now we're like, no, it's about time that we start looking at how how people are actually being affected by this, you know, like traumas or even just the emotional labor, right? There's now going to be a lot of studies about the emotional labor that black women go through and the weathering of black women throughout time and how that's genetic. And I'm just really excited for that, that path for science. I think men need to step up their game. Yeah, I think you're right. Men do need to step up their game in understanding um, from a woman's perspective. Like I said, I think that the world truly could be changed by mothers. Like, I read this book one time, it's called Revolutionary Mothering, and it just talked about mothering in a very, very broad sense. Um, Trans moms, lesbian moms, because they have this understanding of, like, love and giving and sacrifice that other people don't have, I feel like. I also feel that. Yeah, like, just understanding humanity on, like, a heightened level. So let's talk about voting. Okay. Uh, Are you registered to vote? Of course I'm registered, are you? I am registered to vote, although I wasn't. So here's the story, right? Mm -hmm. I was sitting in the park, minding my business, 
when these two young ladies came up, oh, and when I saw them, I literally put my sunglasses on. I just didn't <laughs> want to talk to anybody because I was having oh, a no. bad day. They didn't care. They came up to me and they were like representatives for Ilhan Omar, which I'm like, okay, fine, I'll talk to you. And you know, they're telling me about the issues and they're like, be sure to go and vote today. And I knew it was election day, but I wasn't gonna vote. Eh. I was like, all right, let me go do my civic duty. And I figured out which uh, place I was supposed to vote. It's actually really close to my house. And got there, realized I wasn't registered. And they were like, oh, you can do it right here. Did you know it's that easy? I don't know if it's always that easy, but it's that easy. I think it's gotten easier. I uh, I think that's a great story because then it actually like shows that those people that put in their hard time and effort to like knock on people's doors and campaign... You were you were the example. Yeah, I'm just a sheep. You are. I'm a sheep in a flock. A beautiful sheep, though. Oh, thank you. About yeah. to walk off the edge. Now, when I talk like this, Donald Trump likes to say, I'm playing the woman card. And I like to say, if fighting for equal pay, Planned Parenthood, and the ability to make our own health decisions is playing the woman card, then deal me in. <laughs> feel about people specifically black people um during like the donald trump clinton election i'm sorry why did i do that do what the donald trump hillary clinton election i just took away her entire yeah. identity yeah okay. sorry miss clinton i'm sorry miss clinton <laughs> ah. um how do you feel about black people during the uh, trump clinton election who just decided not to vote oh yeah mm. Mm. That's why I cried so hard. I did cry too. Oh. So when black people didn't vote, I struggled because I was like, man, I get that you don't want to vote for Hillary because you don't think she's on your side. Or I get that, you know, you don't think that your vote even matters or whatever it is. It's See, just... and that is the thing that actually upsets me about black people not voting is them thinking their vote doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. When we are actually a huge constituency we have the power, if we collectively vote on something, to really swing shit. But I do think that it's important that we as black people show up to vote because we always complain that we don't have a voice. We are the last people to get information. We are the last people to do this. And it's like, this is one thing that we have. And it can be taken away from you so quickly. Like, if you're incarcerated, all of a sudden, boom, your right to vote is gone. And then what? Are you just upset, upset because uh, you can't vote in the United States? I can vote in Mexico and I'm not. We're not what? This has nothing to do with your country, Kaya. Get over it, American. <laughs> right, we're in college. Everybody that was in my circle was a diehard Bernie fan. Yeah, me too. And I was balls to the walls. For Hillary. You stand with her? Yes. I don't of stand course with her. I do. And and why I was frustrated because I felt like for people to say that they weren't with Hillary, it was a sexist response. Yeah, I think it was you know? a lot of times. Um especially okay, when it was Bernie versus Hillary, I was more Bernie because he talked more about issues that I cared about. Whereas Clinton, she would touch on them and but dance around them in the same way I think Obama has done that too. Like Honestly, I think if even if it was like Obama versus Bernie, I probably still would have went Bernie. 
I remember my cousin, it was, I think she was about 18. Hmm. And it was um, the, his re-election she's voting in. She's like, yeah, I'm voting for Obama. I was like, why? She's like, because he's black. <laughs> that was reason enough, shit. I know. <laughs> and I hate when people, I hate when people like, disagree with that oh you shouldn't just vote on a candidate based on their race the fuck excuse uh excuse me white man please say that one more time that you should not right. vote on somebody based Which, on their race honestly like that is reason enough for me to vote for hillary clinton because she's a woman like yeah that's that, what it's enough it is enough my whole thing too was that if hillary is not going to win this election when the hell are we going to have a woman president that's true when the fucking hell when well, we run but when us women run. Mm, that's a good answer. But how qualified do you have to be as a woman to beat Hillary? Because she was hands down the most qualified person in that entire election, and she didn't win. You know what that said? It doesn't matter how hard you work. doesn't matter how educated you are, your experience, everything you've accomplished, you're not going to be good enough. When will America be ready to see a woman president? Well, you know how defeated I feel. You're valid. Thanks. Your feelings are really valid, and I think that a lot of women actually felt that way. I felt that way to an extent, although I do think that if I would have ran um, in Hillary Clinton's place, I think I would have won. (laughs) You're laughing. (laughs) America doesn't even care about politics, you know? We don't care about the issues. We care about who is good on TV, and who won? The reality TV star. Well, I've learned that now. Hillary Clinton, she's no actress. She's no stand-up comedian. She's no charismatic old white dude with the bird that comes and sits on the podium like my man Bernie. But America, seriously, historically cares. Like, if you think about it, uh, JFK, why did he win? He was hot, honestly. He looked good on camera. He was smooth with it. Reagan... He was also very good with the camera, good at interacting with people. Obama, super charismatic, family man, played a little bit of b-ball. That's why it's soul crushing. Because think of how long we've had to wait. Just like when Obama became president, we were like, wow, we never thought this was going to happen as black people. Think of how long we've had to wait and all the things that we've done to be able to get this beautiful gift and then boom happening again for women with hillary clinton and then just set on fire how long do we have to wait again i don't think we're gonna have to wait as long to be honest i hope not because also hillary clinton even though she didn't win she did open up a door you know Mm -hmm. she like i said america isn't ready for a lot of things but america no, America would still criticize a woman president. Of course, always. America's going to criticize any president that's not like a white Protestant dude from the East Coast, probably. I think that says just a lot about the United States and how much we criticize women in general. Hesitation, Serena drifted back and sunk his lob just on the baseline. Carlos Ramos in the chair. If he gives me a thumbs up, he's telling me to come on. We don't have any code, and I know you don't know that, and I understand why you may have thought I, that was coaching, but I'm telling you it's not. I don't cheat to win. I'd rather lose. I'm just letting you know. There's a coaching violation. I guess it was a thumbs up, and Serena's setting him straight. I remember me as a little girl. I got her Serena and Venus racket, you know, like personalized kind of thing. Oh, I, so, don't, I don't play tennis because I'm, I'm black, so. I didn't, I didn't play tennis. I just had the racket. <laughs> I never used it. Oh, okay. 
they got to play tennis. <laughs> right? Should we talk about this exact thing that happened with Serena Williams? Of course. People are all over it. And they should be all over it. And you oh. should critically think critically before think. you have anything to say out loud, white people. And men. And men, yeah. And white men. Especially white men. Yeah, you guys talk a lot, so just, like, let us do it this time. <laughs> You're listening to our podcast, okay? <laughs> Anyways, so Serena Williams is playing Naomi Osaka at the Miami Open. What happens? So she's losing. Right. And mind you, like, Naomi Osaka is really young. Mm-hmm. And she's playing Serena Williams, who's her idol, and so it's kind of cool. You know, like, I can't imagine what it would be like to be her. Yeah. Um, but Serena's losing, and, I mean, it's a good match still, but, but the ref calls out Serena for getting sideline coaching, which is illegal in tennis, apparently. It's what, uh, the internet has told me, because I don't play tennis, but I don't either. It's illegal. Yeah. And, uh. She was like, BS, I was not getting coaching. Like, that's ridiculous. Because that call made it so that she would lose the game. So she was really pissed off about it. And think about all of the BS that Serena has had to go through up until this point, right? Mm. Which I think a lot of people who are not black women do not understand. When people say, oh, you're the angry black woman, you're not thinking about all the shit we've had to listen and choke down until we went off on you. Also, no one ever explicitly is going to call you the angry angry mm, woman. What point. they're going to do is they're going to be like, you don't need to get so emotional over this. You're overthinking it. Don't get so worked up. Yeah, nobody's doing that. Oh my gosh. Are you sure they really meant to do that? Yeah. Oh. And then Serena Williams threw her tennis racket. Which... Is fucking cool. She broke it. She broke her racket. I don't know how many times I would have to throw a racket on the ground for me to snap it in half, but that was like, yes, you go, girl. You snap your racket. That's amazing. Serena Williams is magical. Yeah. But yeah, she smashed her racket, got some points deducted. And what was Australia's response to this? They created a political cartoon depicting Serena's this huge black woman angry angry emotional her facial features were distorted in ways that made her look like manly and ugly Mm -hmm. and just like really accentuated the stereotypically black features right so like huge lips huge nose her hair was in wild like super wild yeah and And she's just big right huge she doesn't look strong she looks kind of fat in the cartoon compared to Naomi Osaka, who's by the ref and looks super tiny and petite, and she's got blonde hair and almost looks a little bit whitewashed in this cartoon. She looks whitewashed, yeah. Yeah. And the ref in the cartoon looks completely absolved of anything. He looks to be, like, this fair guy who's just like, can you just let her win? Mm -hmm. I think that's what the bubble said. Yeah, it is. (sighs) But the wild thing is people don't think that that is racist or misogynistic. There's actually a term for, um, there's a term for oppression when you combine misogyny with racism, like anti-black racism. It's called misogynoir. And that is a prime example 
of Massage Noir. And this has been the way that I have seen Serena Williams portrayed on the internet for as long as I've known who she and her sister Venus were. And if those are the images we are seeing constantly of our black women who are supposed to be our motivators, our, our inspiration, the people that we're following in footsteps for, how are you setting up life for little black girls? Right. I'm not going to want to build my muscle and become super athletic and speak out against white refs who think also, they know better. Also, what's the race of Naomi Osaka? Naomi Osaka is Japanese. She was playing in this match as Japan against Serena Williams, who's USA. So they're they're taking like two women of color, putting them against each other, demonizing Serena Williams, and it's like, can you give these women a fucking break? I know they stole the moment from Osaka, who had this incredible like coming of age story, almost right. Yeah, and then Serena, who just had a baby, a beautiful baby, she's mm-hmm. an amazing mom, mm-hmm. comes back to play and. And people aren't giving her any credit. Oh my gosh, the stuff that she goes through, and all she did was throw the tennis racket, she should have threw the ref. <laughs> she should have threw the whole Miami Open. She should have tore down the net. Right. <laughs> hey, Y'all, this was it. cool behavior. Made it a gown. Right? <laughs> Damn, because she could wear anything except for at the French Open. No shade. This is a really old example of something kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so... In the, in the world of fashion, yeah. uh, Naomi Campbell was one of the first, like, black supermodels, and she was just rocking it. She was in the Azadine Elias shows every season, and then Tyra Banks comes along. Mm-hmm. And you, y'all remember the Tyra show. So one day, Tyra had Naomi Campbell on the show, and they were talking about, like, their, their past beef or whatever, and nobody was in the audience, which I actually thought was kind of cool, because then it's not, like, Tyra fans getting that at Naomi Campbell. But... Tyra is like telling, retelling her account of her interactions with Naomi Campbell. And basically it's like people are whispering in Tyra Banks's ear that, you know, she's going to be the next Naomi Campbell. So Naomi Campbell better watch out. And people are doing the same thing to Naomi Campbell. Like you better watch out for Tyra. She's going to take your place. So they're putting these two women against each other when really they can be working side by side for each other. But in reality, there's only one spot for a black supermodel. Even at a smaller level, right? Like, in friend groups. Mm. Where you're like, oh, mm, there can only be one of us mixed girls in this group, okay? That's why all of your friend groups should just be comprised of people with the same race as you. (laughs) Yeah. We separate women of color all of the time. Like, yeah, we do it to ourselves, too, though. Mm -hmm. Like, we cannot even absolve ourselves from that. Like, I definitely, I see that, yeah. And I'm Mm -hmm. actually really glad that you and I are able to work together. And I think it's because we can have these conversations, right? But I know a lot of other mixed girls where it's like, you kind of have to be that bitch. Yeah. In the space. Like, if you're not her, you're -hmm. forgotten, you're pushed aside. That is something that I felt so much growing up when I was friends with girls who looked like me. And it's Mm -hmm. like... I liked hanging out with them, right? Because I felt like we were walking through the world in a similar way Mm because we lived near each other. We looked like each other. But at the end of the day, there was always one favorite. Yep. You're competing for guys. You're competing for friends, for style, whatever. For attention. Just for credit, you know? Mm -hmm. We have to do better, ladies. We really do. We really have to do better. And especially... We have to do better at reaching across our own identities. Like, 
being actual friends with other women of color and not having it be like, oh, yeah, that's my Asian friend or, oh, yeah, mm. that's my Latina friend. Like, no, that is, that's my girl over there. Like, that's my sis. Yes. An sis. actual relationship. Especially, I'm so sick of having white friends who call me their black friend. That shit is dead. If you're if you're doing that in 2018, we're not friends. We're not friends. That, that's exactly what that tells me. The moment that I hear from somebody else that you say I'm your black friend, then I'm like, we're not friends and we're not ever hanging out again. Nope. Because in that moment, you were turned from a friend into an object. Mm-hmm. You're objectified. You're a trophy. Yeah. Plus, I'm like, imagine if I said that. Oh, uh, just going to go hang out with my white friend, Jessica. Jessica would be so mad. She'd be like, what do you mean? I'm Italian. I'm not white. (laughs) Sorry, Jessica. We need more space for women artists. You know Georgia Mm O'Keeffe? How she, like, paints these beautiful pictures of flowers and other things, but they're really vaginas? Yes. That is so beautiful. It's gorgeous. Well, that's why I love Janelle Monet now too because it's like yes girl we need women to be creative and push boundaries and force people to see the things that society has deemed dirty for for women Uh, another example of putting women of color against each other Nicki Minaj versus Cardi B I hate this war I hate it too because now they're actually fighting and I feel like it's something that we as the internet as the collective internet we started it Oh, 100%. Uh, why? It, it's literally like saying there's only space for one female rap artist. There's space for so much more. Yeah. We do not need to keep banishing women to the R&B world. Like, y'all can stay there too, but hello, rap music needs a little bit more oomph to me, you know? Yeah. A little more And just like science, when women are creative, they bring that other element that that's been missing in these narratives for so long. Yeah, because if you think about wor- like the world um, in terms of balance, right? There's femininity and masculinity. And whether or not like someone's actual genitalia matches up with that isn't even my point. But like you right. need that balance between feminine and masculine to have something coexisting and something balanced and just like holistic. You can't have one all by itself. I don't think. Maybe you could. We're stronger when every family in every community knows they're not on their own. We are stronger together, and we're going to make history together. Thanks so much for listening. My name is Kaya. And I'm Yasmin. We're the Mixed Feelings Podcast. Like our Facebook page at the Mixed Feelings Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at the Mixed Feelings Podcast. Don't forget about Twitter at the Mixed Feelings Pod. And support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash the Mixed Feelings Podcast. You'll get mini episodes and deleted stuff that's too wild for us to put on this actual podcast. Exactly. Also, shout out to Shad Anderson for this awesome logo. Photography by Nithi and Rithi Gupta. And we would never forget about you, Gabe Cox, and Banana Slug Productions for this awesome music. See y'all next week.